From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Super Bowl 55 Sunday. That was really sloppily said, but who cares? Jeremy Schilling with you. Luke Morrow with you. Luke, we made it. It's the Super Bowl. Man, you know, it's this year in particular, right? It's, it's uh, impressive, surprising, uh, whatever you want to use to describe it, that we got here uh, and are playing this when we're supposed to, that we got all the games in on time. It's always a bittersweet day, of course. They say it every year. Uh, it's a big game, especially this year. It should be a great game, but it's always sad when it's the final game of the NFL season. You know, a lot of times I try to weave golf into this show, and it's in a joking sense, or we're just making light of a really bad matchup. But do you realize that there's actual golf connections to today that could play a big part for somebody involved in this game? Oh, boy. Let's hear it. So, a couple things. We know Tom Brady's golfing prowess. We know how much he loves the sport. He is sponsored by Under Armour. Also sponsored by Under Armour is Jordan Spieth, who shot a 10 under 61 yesterday to tie for the lead in Phoenix. He hasn't won in three and a half years. Don't be surprised if those in the locker room tonight have an eye on that Waste Management Phoenix Open leaderboard. Uh, Could be a nice way to stay calm with everything going on. having this long run off, uh, long run off, long run up to the game. I think the fact that those guys go off at one twenty Eastern, is going to have a nice impact on uh, on uh, Brady and whoever else in those locker rooms um, is interested. And about six weeks after last Super Bowl, Jim Nance gets a phone call. It's in Pebble. Gets a phone call and says. Um, there's somebody here who wants to play golf with you tomorrow. Can you do it? Jim said, sure, who is it? He said, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was new to the day, uh, game. They played Cypress Point. It's one of the hardest golf courses to get on in the nation. And then they had enough daylight to play 18 at Pebble. And Nance basically said, you want to go play Pebble? And he's like, sure. And he ate it up. And Nance said that he saw in his eyes that day, playing 36 holes of golf, that this wasn't a fluke. This was not a, you know, um, trying to think of somebody who won once and rode off in the sunset kind of deal. This wasn't a Terrell Davis type situation. This wasn't a Michael Strahan type situation. This wouldn't be a fluke. He saw in in, in his eyes in the golf course that day, a guy who was determined to make it multiple titles. So here you have, facing off tonight, fellow sponsor and diehard golfer Tom Brady of Jordan Spieth facing off against new golfer but determined athlete Patrick Mahomes. I think it's an interesting window into both of these guys and why they're in this game at the ages that they are. Yeah, certainly. I like the connection. And Tony Romo's played a ton of golf with Jordan Spieth, uh, being both Dallas guys. So don't be surprised uh, if Jordan wins and gets an out-of-nowhere shout-out on the CBS telecast tonight. (laughs) Because there's no bigger Jordan Spieth fan than Tony Romo. Uh, Jordan, who went to Texas but now lives uh, in the the Dallas area, um, moved up from Austin. 
As I look at this game, and it rained overnight, apparently there was thunder at 5.55 a.m., according to Brian McCarthy of the NFL. You always wonder if those tweets are, are uh, you know, a little bit of exaggeration or not. Um, but as I look at this game, Luke, you go back to the matchup earlier in the year, and they couldn't stop Tyreek Hill. Uh, the Bucks couldn't. But I would argue this is a better Buck defense. And if they can get... Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket um, and get the pass rush like they did to Aaron Rodgers two weeks ago, they're in a better shape. But then again, this is Patrick Mahomes who, th- who, th- who thrives outside of the pocket. So the question then becomes, and I'll ask you since you're the football expert here, is getting Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket a good thing? <laughs> I mean, how the heck do you defend this guy? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a tough question that um, Todd Bowles, I'm sure, has, trying to, uh, has been trying to answer the last two weeks. Talk about somebody, um, by the way, who has completely resurrected his uh, his uh, reputation around the NFL. That is Todd Bowles. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I hear these conversations. Uh, like Leslie Frazier interviewed for the Houston Texans head coaching job because of the job the Buffalo Bills uh, did defensively this postseason. <laughs> And it is funny how that stuff works, and um, we can all be prisoners of the moment. But I think back to when he was head coach of the Vikings, and my goodness, I mean, he was a lousy head coach. And, uh, you know, he'll probably get a second chance. Todd Bowles, same idea. And, yeah. you know, Bill Belichick got a second chance. Pete Carroll got a second chance. Maybe you're better off, but it is always interesting that these guys fail as head coaches. Then they go do a good job as defensive coordinator. Someone thinks, well, let's make him a head coach again. Like almost forgetting how they were the last time they had that position. But anyway, that's my... Uh, that's my little rant, uh, a sidebar conversation on that. Um, yeah, you know what, Patrick Mahomes, as you were uh, alluding to, his quarterback rating when pressured is like 87, which is still, it would be, you know, like top half of the league compared to other guys that aren't pressured, just their regular quarterback rating. So when, yeah, isn't it around Sam Darnold's? <laughs> well, I, I imagine it's better than Sam Darnold's, right? Patrick Mahomes when pressured is better than most quarterbacks just in general. But we know that the way you try to slow down quarterbacks, if you can, is by pressuring them. Even with Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback rating is lower when pressured. So, you know, that's what you have to try to do. The offensive, That's obviously the big story today. The offensive line is banged up. You're down two tackles. Three guys are going to be shifting around, playing in different spots on that offensive line tonight. We've never really seen Patrick Mahomes with an offensive line that's all sorts of beat up. Uh, and the Buccaneers lead the, the playoffs in sacks they get after the quarterback so that's the big thing you're not going to slow down you're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes but can you keep him can you slow him down just enough keep him to say 27 points maybe 24 and give your offense a chance to win I think to put it in a, in a simple simple way that's what the game comes down to tonight if you can pressure Patrick Mahomes enough and make them score maybe one less touchdown maybe 10 fewer points and just give your offense a chance because you're not going to hold them the 14, 20 points, whatever it is, just hold them a little bit lower than their average so that Brady can make enough plays to win. Uh, 72.7 was Sam Darnold's rating this year. Yeah, but Mahomes is 87, went under pressure, so much better. So think about this for a second. Three years, Sam Darnold's been in the league. 77.8, 84, sorry, 77.6, 84.372.7. That's crazy. That is just filthy good. When I look now conversely, I think people don't understand how much better Tyron Matthew has gotten. And I think it's going to show tonight. 
Um, this is somebody, Honey Badger, came out with a reputation, came out with some off-the-field issues. Uh, if, if you look at, at Tyron Matthew, I would argue, and, and you've probably looked into this more than I have, this is probably the best football he's played since his, uh, uh, since his LSU days, right? Yeah, I would think so. You know, it's interesting that you bring him up because I also think on the flip side, uh, the same idea with JPP and what he's gone through, and I think he needs to play a big role and could play a big role for the Buccaneers today. So yeah. The guys on defense on each side that have uh, had these turnarounds, uh, the Honey Badger, maybe not quite as, um, you know, obviously for different reasons, uh, but yes, both playing really good football. And uh, uh, for Matthew, he's going to have to uh, uh, play well. Um, him... Sorensen back there in the, in the, the second half of the defense because uh, the Chiefs have really struggled matching up with tight ends. Rob Gikowski, Cameron Bray could have a, an opportunity today against Tom Brady. And then, of course, you know, if the Buccaneers fall behind, Brady's going to be having to throw it a lot depending on what happens with the score. And that's when the Kansas City Chiefs secondary will be tested because Kansas City this year was bottom 10 in defensive DVOA. It's not some sort of great defense. So there could be opportunities there for the Buccaneers offense. We talk about this a lot. I'm so glad that you brought up Gronk, uh, playoff Gronk. And, you know, people love to have a chuckle with Gronk. But it is interesting that you look at um, this, this playoff run and what are the two things that we have yet to really see, I would argue. We saw it a little bit in the NFC Championship game from the Bucks. We have yet to see playoff Gronk. And we have yet to see a James White-type wide receiver. Could that be Leonard Fournette on running back screens? I think when you've played somebody earlier in the year, you get a bunch of different looks at things, a bunch of different things. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to have a big day. Um, I think in, in terms of guys who are, are returning from injury, I think Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs can have a way bigger impact than Antonio Brown. But I do think that different looks... Gronk being the wide out, spread out wide. Gronk being inside, looking like he's going to run. Little things like that. Using Fournette in different ways. I feel like that's how the Bucks take advantage of this. The same way, you know, taking a page from the Chiefs book and Eric Bieniemy, who every week it seems like has some player playing in a unique position. Uh, usually that's Tyreek Hill or Hardman. Uh, where they're in the running back, they're running jet sweeps, they're running triple reverses, they're they're doing backflips and handstands. I mean, they've got them going all different directions, and I think they're going to have to, to uh, Bruce Arians and company are going to have to take a page out of that book tonight. Yeah, that's what's interesting is that you have two offensive-minded head coaches who are also both pretty aggressive head coaches, certainly Bruce Arians, and you had two weeks to prepare, so you could come up with some. Uh, creative things. You know, like we were, uh, we all remember Doug Peterson saving the Philly special for the Super Bowl and, and getting ready for to use that in that big game. Uh, both of these teams may come out with some sort of trick plays or just unique plays tonight, the uh, gadget plays that maybe we haven't seen before. We know Andy Reid is the best record of any coach off of bye. You give him two weeks, you know, to get ready offensively and he could come up with some unique things. But I'll say this, in regards to... Um, making adjustments or changes, as you were saying, things we may see differently from Tampa Bay. It's always interesting that teams that lose the first matchup have more success in the second matchup, 
And a lot of times it's because they're the ones that do make the changes. Now, this may be a little bit different because Andy Reid had two weeks to prepare, and so at extra time you can come up with some different things on your side of the football. But, it's, you know, think about it, If uh, to use another golf example, if you and I went golfing, and we played on a particular course, and we were going to play there the next day as well. If you went out and you played really well, and I played terribly, well, then the next day we go out there, you're probably going to approach it the same way you did the day prior because you had success. I was terrible. Uh, I'm going to change something. And so it's the same idea. We see it a lot in football. The Chiefs beat the Buccaneers earlier this year. They put up 17 points in the first quarter. They may not feel like they have to change a whole lot because what they did last time was successful, whereas the Buccaneers are sitting there thinking, well, whatever we did last time did not work. We were down 17 nothing to begin the game, and the Buccaneers may be the team that makes more changes. And the last point on what you said is Rob Gronkowski, you know, it's important to have guys who have played in Super Bowls before. He only has two catches this postseason, but the Chiefs are last in red zone defense this year. I don't know if people realize that. They were the worst red zone defense in the NFL this year. Gronkowski could have some opportunities for Cameron Drake inside the 20 once you get close to the end zone. That is their chance or place on the field to shine, and especially against this defense tonight. I would say there's a 0.2% chance you are you have the day, uh, have the day off tomorrow. Am I correct? You are absolutely correct. That means, folks, that you can uh, listen to Luke's recap of Super Bowl 55 tomorrow at noon Eastern on the Morrow Midday Show, ESPN Radio, 98.9 FM, Charleston, South Carolina, charlestonsportsradio.com. That's right. Um, I am just uh, looking here at Adam Schefter's Twitter feed, just seeing if uh, anything regarding this game has... Uh, broken in the last couple hours um and it hasn't looks like all the covid stuff is good to go so on we go to super bowl 55 indeed all right uh we've got a unique situation today which is we have the first ever home team playing now this gets a little technical bear with me here folks we have 22,000 fans in attendance 14.5 are fans what are described as Fans could be from anywhere. 7,500 are vaccinated healthcare workers, fully vaccinated healthcare workers. Of the 7,500, although every team was able to bring a certain number to Tampa, for example, there were 76 tickets that, that the Patriots got that Robert Kraft offered up to healthcare workers. The vast majority of these people are going to be from the Tampa. Sarasota, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Florida, you know, general Western Florida area. So there's a very long way of saying, Luke, we have wondered for years when a home field advantage would really come into play at the Super Bowl. And we've seen it occasionally. You know, I go back to the Meadowlands Super Bowl and how loud that sounded. And Joe Buck and Troy Aikman saying, are we in Seattle or are we in New Jersey? Um, because it sure sounded like Seattle and CenturyLink Field, not MetLife Stadium. The fact that these 7,500 uh, vaccinated healthcare workers are going to mostly be from the Tampa area, plus whatever allotment Tampa got, plus whatever allotment are Brady fans, whether they're Pat fans or somebody else, where do you put this? Where do you see this fandom being like today and having an impact? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm waiting to see. I'm very interested to find out. We had somebody on the show on Friday, who uh, a reporter that's based in Tampa that is covering the Super Bowl and will be there today. And 
I was trying to get a sense from him on Friday. Like, what have you seen around town? Have you seen a lot of Chiefs fans? Are you expecting majority Buccaneers fans on Sunday? And uh, he wasn't all that sure. Just from what he said throughout the week, he, he hasn't seen a ton of Chiefs fans. You know, after COVID-19, not sure how many people want to travel um, from Kansas City uh, down to Tampa Bay. Obviously, uh, plenty of fans will, but maybe not as many in a normal year, plus the ticket restriction as well. And uh, just as he was saying, the ticket price as well. Uh, we know Super Bowls are very corporate. So I'm very curious to see what type of crowd we do get tonight um, for this game if it is a home field advantage for the Buccaneers. I do think that maybe a bigger advantage is just the fact that they are playing at a home stadium. They have been able to sleep in their own beds for two weeks. Um, they've been able to practice as they normally do. You know, athletes can be very routine-oriented creatures of habit. The Buccaneers have not had to change anything. Uh, to get ready for this game. This is like any other game for them. They're going to be in their own locker room because they're the home team. Um, so everything remains the same for them. Whereas Kansas City, it's not a huge difference. They flew in yesterday. It's like a normal road game. You get ready, you get on a plane, you fly the day before, you, you stay in the hotel, you go play. It's not much different than a normal road game, but we know that home teams do have, even if it's a slight advantage in a normal year or even smaller in a pandemic year, you do have a slight advantage as a home team in football games. And when you talk about Tom Brady going through all this, I do think that's where some of that edge can be. We'll find out about the crowd. Still, the stadium you know, will only be, what, less than half full regardless. So we'll see what sort of challenges or advantages the crowd may bring today, depending on what type of crowd we get. I'm very interested in finding out. I don't have an answer for you. But I do think there could be even just a slight edge. may not make a big difference. But just the fact that the Buccaneers, they've been at home. This is their stadium. They're getting ready to go. And the Chiefs were the ones that had to get on a plane and fly yesterday, and they're up in a hotel last night getting ready for this game. Uh, see if that makes a difference at all. Uh, okay, anything special teams-wise you want to talk about? Um, you know, I think the Buccaneers have the better special teams. They have struggled to cover some kicks this year, so you, you, got, you want to look out always for McCole Hardman or maybe a Tyreek Hill on a return. Um, Butker has missed a couple of extra points, um, which is concerning. Ryan Suckup has been uh, pretty reliable of late. I think the Buccaneers have the edge special teams. You know, you want to talk kicking um, at the end of the game, that probably just uh, Butker more. But, yeah, I mean, anytime you have Tyreek Hill or McCole Hardman on the Chiefs side, you know, you always have to be concerned about special teams and a potential return. Um, you know, special teams play has played a, a pretty did play a pretty big role against the Bills two weeks ago for Kansas City. So, you know, that offense is so dangerous. And then you add in that element that they have big play potential on special teams as well. Luke, we're getting the end of our radio show season. Aww. <laughs> I know. It's been a heck of a 20-whatever-week run. Yes. Uh, sure has. We made it to the end. Thank you all for listening to year 10 of the Sunday Sprint. Year 10. How about that? So on that note, Luke Morrow, 31-28, Tampa wins on a last-second field goal. Jim Nance and Tony Romo have not had a lot of touchdowns, especially Jim Nance, talk about in their Super Bowls recently. That changes today. This is high scoring. This is a shootout. This is fun. 31-28, and this is the game that unites America as one country, United States of America. So it's going to sound like I copied you uh, because I'm very close with my same prediction. But I made it. It's documented on Friday's show. I've been on Tampa Bay. Um, uh, not overly confident to go against Patrick Mahomes. But I think Tampa Bay wins. I said 30-27. to 27. So Same idea. I think it comes down to a field goal. I think it'll be close. 
I think it'll be a little lower scoring than people believe. I don't think we're going to get, you know, 42, 35 type of game. They'll play mostly in the 20s. I think the Buccaneers win by three. Which way did Joe go, producer Joe? Uh, he didn't make a pick. He's going to be like watching wrestling tonight instead. <laughs> okay, then. Well, I got something to talk about with him off air. Uh, waiting while I'm on a hold, waiting for my spot yeah. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern talking golf. Uh, this is going to be a heck of a day in sports. The golf's better when Jordan Spieth's playing well. Football better when uh, games are good and games are being played. And this country's better when we all come together as one. And we will do that tonight as one uh, very large nation, upwards of 100 million people watching this game. Luke, it's been a great ride. It sure has. Hey, you know what? Citadel football begins in two weeks. We could do a Sunday sprint for the FCS spring season if you miss it so much. We're two weeks away from spring college football? Yeah, how about that? So while the Super Bowl is a sad day, uh, you know, you got some college football. Everyone's looking forward to right around the corner. <laughs> We're going to have to do a radio show, a, a, a regular spot on it. You're going to have to come on my show, the regular edition, not Sunday Sprint, but the regular edition, and talk about the spring football yeah. that actually counts. Yeah, um, that's good. Wow, I did not realize that was so close. There you go, folks. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday, everybody.